Good morning, everyone, on this Palm Sunday. It's good to be together. We're beginning Holy Week, and after our service this morning, on Zoom at 11, we'll be celebrating communion together, recalling in, in part that last supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. And then on Friday, in the morning, we have a meditative service planned with some Tizé music and some opportunity for prayers around the cross. And then, of course, on Easter, we're planning a festive service with lots of music. Um, so I hope we can move through this spiritually significant time together as a congregation. I want to thank Amanda um, for providing some special music for today's service. Um, it's not often that we get to have Broadway songs in our worship. Uh, Amanda chose these pieces. Uh, she made the contacts, found the singers, and even did all the editing. Uh, she also found the permissions, secured the permissions to be able to have these as part of our service. Um, I'm not much of a singer, but I decided to give the Hosanna piece a whirl. And uh, thanks to uh, Amanda's editing, it doesn't sound all that bad. My voice, I mean. Uh, Hosanna, Hazanna comes from the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, which debuted on Broadway in 1971, one year following the release of the music album. God Save the People, which you will hear after this homily, is from the musical Godspell. It also debuted in 1971, but didn't quite make it to Broadway. Uh, a revival of the show played, did play successfully on Broadway later on in the year 2011. It makes me think, uh, you know, we have a lot of good singers in our congregation and a great production manager and director in Amanda. So wouldn't it be fun sometime if we could put on our own congregational musical? Just think of uh, all the money we could make from ticket sales. Uh, I can imagine it being the talk of the town. I wonder what we'd put on. Uh, anyway, something to think about. Well, the chorus of Hosanna, Hazanna keeps coming back to the phrase, Hey, JC, JC. And in one of the lines, the crowd says, Won't you fight for me? And this is probably what some in the crowd would have been thinking and hoping for that day when Jesus went into the city, that JC would fight for them, assist them in the struggle that they were part of. Uh, we know there was a lot of unrest, political unrest amongst the Jewish people in the first century. They were chafing under Roman subjugation and occupation. And so um, this was in the air and in the minds of some of the people that would have been in the crowds as Jesus came into the city in this kind of politically provocative manner. Um, so they were, they were hoping for something to happen, uh, some sort of confrontation perhaps. Um, we know that the Jewish religion was not and is not um, a spiritualized or privatized thing. 
Um, Jewish religion is concerned with real happenings within history. It's always been concerned about political events. Um, the psalm that was read this morning is a good example, and that's why I've uh, chosen some of these verses to be read. They're sometimes not included in the lectionary readings. You know, um, the lectionary kind of edits out unpalatable stuff, but um, here's what some of it says. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They blazed like fire, fire of thorns. And in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. Now, these are not personal or psychic issues that the psalmist is talking about. He's talking about real-life conflicts, uh, real flesh-and-blood enemies, real armies. And he goes on, There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the, the Savior, the political Savior, the one who defeats the enemies. Blessed is that one. Bind the festal, festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. So the psalm resonates with this entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, and it, it reminds people of the ceremonies they would have had in the temple after victories in battle. Um, worship in the temple in Jerusalem celebrated actual events and victories. Worship was not separated from the um, affairs of the state, so to speak. So these then are the connotations that would have been in people's minds as they laid the branches in front of Jesus as he came into the city. They're expecting some sort of action. And they're thinking, well, this might even lead to the temple or take place in the temple. You know, they know that Jesus has been challenging the temple authorities, the religious authorities. Some of them have even heard him speak publicly against the temple. Um, what he does right after this is goes in there and turns over the tables. You know, so this is the, this is the energy. So they cry out and they chant, Hey, JC, JC, won't you fight for me? The hopes are high. And then it all goes sideways. In the space of one week, everything unraveled. All of their hopes for change were dashed. The authorities grabbed and arrested him. And he didn't even put up a fight. Now, there were some around him who drew their swords, tried to defend him, but he wouldn't even support them. He turned out to be a big failure, a grand disappointment. As Christians, we must remember that we worship a failed political activist, someone who was unsuccessful in the cause. The Romans were never defeated by the Jews. A reform of the temple practices never did occur. 
40 years after the death of Jesus, the Romans took down the temple. It still lies in ruins today. The imperial powers prevailed in spite of Jesus' ministry, in spite of his proclamations. And they still do in large measure to this day. In our world, it's the imperial powers that continue to dominate the planet and the economy. We read in the news, the Uyghurs in northwestern China are subjugated and oppressed. Proxy wars are waged between uh, Saudi Arabia, United States, Iran, Russia, and innocent children pay the price, thinking of Yemen. Countries like ours and the United States continue to benefit from the proceeds of colonialism, stolen land and resources that have accumulated in wealth over all these years. We benefit from cheap labor in other countries. We know that COVID vaccines will go to the rich first and then to the poor sometime. After everyone else with more power, influence and money gets them first. That's just how the world seems to work. Well, in many ways it's true, but our faith tells us it's not completely true. With Jesus, there's something else going on in our world as well. It can almost be imperceptible, but that doesn't mean it's not real. And it doesn't mean it's apolitical either. It's not just a spiritual thing, something for heaven or another world. It's small shifts, small actions. It's just that the scale, perhaps, the, the time frame, the tactics are different than we might imagine, different than we can imagine. I believe that what's going on in Jesus and in the spirit that was unleashed with his death and his resurrection is an energetic force in our universe. Working. It's, it's a subtle thing. It's like, as the parables say, it's like yeast in the dough. You can't even see it working. It's like a, a tiny seed. But it's present nonetheless. It's present within us, uh, maybe lying dormant to some degree, but it's present there waiting to be activated, waiting to be watered. It's present within our community. We can see it at times. It's present within communities all over the world of people who follow Jesus and to seek to put his way into practice. It's definitely present in the world, not always reported on, uh, and I believe it will have its way eventually, come what may. Amen.